Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Ball is Bay NBA podcast, the largest podcast in an Indian accent. In today's episode, we talk about the finale and how Giannis Antetokounmpo has risen to be probably one of the best players to ever play the game of basketball. And we have a special guest today who you will recognize probably just by his voice, but it was so much fun recording this podcast and I hope you all enjoy this. Before we get into the podcast, let's see what Ashwin has to say. The universe on the line. I want Iguodala. Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Bucks in six, Suns had four. Give us small market champions. Give us more. 50-piece nuggets on live and alley-oops on replay. The Bucks did some jive, but here we do the ballet ballet on the Hashtag Ballers BNB podcast, your favorite NBA podcast in an Indian accent. My name is Ashwin and uh, before we begin, I'd like to urge you all to like this video, follow this podcast and subscribe to wherever the subscribe button is on. For one, it's free and it lets us know that the pod is listened to by good, kind-hearted souls. In the association this week, Milwaukee Bucks end a 50-year streak for the NBA ring. NBA experts expose a variety of tactics to defend their takes on Giannis. And uh, children learn the value of dreaming, working hard so that one day you too can curse on live TV. Speaking of ends, I've got with me, as always, someone who's been to one end of the earth, someone whose love of crash diets knows no ends, and someone who's a big fan of the Black Eyed Peas album, The Energy Never Dies. My co-host, Vinit Devaya. Vinit, welcome back. How's Luxembourg treating you this week? Luxembourg is pretty good, pretty good. It's uh, I mean, it's, it's good to be back home because now this is technically home and I'm back here once every six months. So, And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I watched, the, watched the NBA Finals here, which was pretty much a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. I mean, we are going to do a finals review and for that, we have a special guest, Vinit. I'm going uh, to do the intro for him. This is uh, this is this is your uh, big moment. This is what all your life has been, uh, you know, converging towards. Let's not remove all the pressure from you. You know, let's not uh, make it that easy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Our guest today, his voice gets us up from our seats. The man is a goat out on the streets. Straight to our studio from the peaks of Colorado. Here with us, last name Estes, first name Bo. Put your fingers and eyelashes together for the goat mentor Bo Estes. Boas is the goat mentor, the voice which has uh, sparked so much interest in the NBA top 10. I mean, I, I don't even know how, how to start. Uh, Vinit, do you remember the first uh, of these? Because, see, in my head, I never thought that Bo... I, I thought Bo was one, you know, extremely exciting. It was always there. It was, it was always like... No, no, no. no, no. Like, I, because yeah. I, I remember the time when you oh. know, uh, YouTube did not have uh, NBA highlights. So, we could only watch it on NBA.com, the India site. And... Oh, that there. Way, yeah, and yeah, and okay, there was okay. there was this suddenly like there was this one point of time from which it just felt like you know there was a different voice there was a different feeling to it and it was uh, this uh, person whose face we had not seen and in my head I'm thinking one you know really young extremely enthusiastic uh, intern who's just like I'm I'm just gonna you know reach for the stars I'm just gonna do things which haven't been done before I'm like oh my god this is really exciting and back back then I I would like. In the YouTube comments would say, you know, uh, goat mentator, goat mentator. And that's all that was there in my head. So, Bo, man, like, thank you so much for giving us the anime. We talked day before yesterday and today you're here. This is, uh, this is, this is absolutely, you know, privilege for us. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. No, I'm always thrilled to talk with, it's, it's amazing. The top 10 thing is amazing to me because it has gone around the world. Uh, it's, you never know, uh, what's going to go viral, right? You never know. And if it happens to you in your life, it's the weirdest thing to have happen to you. Like you see it happen to other people, but to have happen to you is one of the weirdest things, but it is also, at least in my case, very lucky because I've connected with basketball fans in so many countries and so many places around the world. And you have to keep in mind, look, I, I'm a kid that grew up in America and I'm not young like you guys are. I grew up years and years ago. Uh, my first basketball memories are Magic Johnson, stuff like that. And I loved basketball. I mean, I loved, loved, loved it. And uh, to be able to share my ridiculous enthusiasm with, uh, with everybody else in the world and to have them connect with that 
uh, is something I feel very, very lucky about. I mean, you can't, you know, something that is a joy for you in your life, for people around the world to connect with that. There's, there's, it doesn't happen to everybody. It really doesn't. So I understand it. I understand how lucky I am that it happened for me. And I'm just thankful that people around the world love this sport that was mainly an American sport when I'm growing up. And then the dream team happens and it goes around the world. And let's be honest, we're sitting here talking right now. And the, the, the team that won the NBA championship, the best player on that team, the finals MVP is not from America. He's from Greece and he led them to the NBA championship. So you can see in, you know, like less than 30 years since the dream team, the entire world of basketball has changed. And I'm just lucky to be along for the ride. We're just listening to you because it's like, we can't, we can't believe it's the same voice. It's like, is, is this, is this, is this real? Is this real? Is this real? Absolutely. I mean, I, I've always been interested in like, you know, a little bit of poetry and then the we, we, a little bit of rhyming schemes and all of that thing. And to hear you rhyme some of the most, like, I'm like, how did that go from there to here? Uh, it, it's, I mean, just, just as a, like, if, if, if I had to watch, you know, if you watched Picasso paint and this is like that for me, like, I'm like, Wow. Like, how did this happen? How did this, uh, you know, become like this? Let me disabuse you of the notion. I am no Pablo Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> I think what happened is I was, I was born with a weird kick. Uh, there's this, there's this famous literary review in America called the Kenyan Literary Review. And they reviewed my top tens, which was weird. For like a respected, you know, literary review site to say, let's review this clown's top tens. And I was like, I was a little nervous, honestly, but they were very positive about their, in their review of what I did. And the thing that they said is they think I have a condition called clanging, which means that like, I almost have to not rhyme in my head to make it come across normal. Uh, and it's like, it's, it's like, you know, like you can't have a sprinter with steroids. If they had the Rap Olympics, they couldn't have me in it because I've got this condition where everything rhymes in my head all the time. And so I actually have to turn that off. Oh, really? But is that how you feel yourself or is that is that something you just read somewhere? I, you know what? I, I, I'll be honest with you. What has happened is the more I have rhymed, the more stuff does rhyme. And it's sort of built upon itself. Uh, and so, uh, you know... My whole career is not rhyming, so it's like <laughs> one part of this whole thing. Like I have to be a normal sportscaster for ninety-five percent of yeah. what I do, and then I uh, then I come out and I do the crazy top ten guy at the end of the night after all the highlights are in and everything's done, and I've done all the sponsored stuff, like we do Amazon stuff and all this stuff, and it never went viral, so people don't necessarily see that, but it's still required of me. And at the end of the night, they throw me this top five, top ten. And just so you guys know, I don't ever pick the plays. I have nothing to do with that. They'll ask me, like, from time to time, what do you like here? And I can – if I wanted to say, I could say, I've been doing this too long. Let younger producers pick what they want to put out there. That's fine with me. And so I just get the list, and I call it. Uh, and so that's how it works. Uh, and it's it's a lot of fun. Um and it's a lot of it's it's just wild that of all the things I've ever done in my career, this is the one thing that really hit. But man, I can't tell you how thankful and lucky I am to have had it happen to me because it's it's just beautiful. It's it's a it's a wonderful I thing. Mean, the passion just flows, and I think people connect more with the passion than anything. I mean, the rhyming scheme is fun to hear, but hearing you say it with so much gusto is uh, what got me, you know, like listening to. Oh my god, I was just waiting for it because then they used to have non-goatmentators. Doing it as well, and I was like, oh, "There's something, something is missing. Something, <laughs> Something's missing. Something is missing. Something is missing." I've never heard that term before. Non-goat containers. When, when is the first time you heard that term being being used for yourself? I tell you the truth. That's that's a that's a good question. I it was 2013, 14, maybe somewhere in there, um, and one of our producers found the comments on the um, Reddit. On oh, YouTube, YouTube. Okay. on YouTube, yeah. So they found it on YouTube, and they're like, "Are you seeing what's <laughs> happening here?" And I, I didn't even know it went on YouTube. I was working for NBA.com, and I, I had no clue it was going on YouTube. And they showed it to me, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is pretty cool." And then, um, 
Reddit went wild with how fast I say top 10 and stuff like that. And the true story of that is more bizarre than the, than the fiction behind it. Uh, and then, um, what's the true story? You can't like, just leave us by saying this is, it's more bizarre. Okay. No. So here's the deal. Okay. Here's the deal. So top 10. So like you hear that. So like, I'll say it for you. NBA.com. So I would, the reason I would do that, if you imagine, is we had bad editing software <laughs> at the NBA. It was terrible. It was garbage. And so what would happen? You guys are technologically savvy enough to understand. So imagine you've got an edit timeline and the video clip goes from right to left and it ends right here. Well, usually in good, you know, we could take my audio and go farther if I wanted to and then they can extend yeah, the video. Yeah, just kind of like stretch it out a little bit. But yeah. Exactly. But at this period of time when we switched to the software, it had a hard out at the video hard out. So here's how it worked back in the day. There would be 10 of us that would be there at 3 in the morning, having been there all night covering all these NBA games. The last thing we got to do is Bo's got to do this top 10, and then we can all go home. So I'm feeling a little pressure. I want to get I want to get folks home because we've been working all night. We're going to be driving home on the streets of Atlanta at 3 in the morning. So I would be going along, and I would, you know, what you do is you refer to your script. You go like, dude, and then look up at the play. And so you're sort of going back and forth like this. And I would see that the last play and the last video was rolling. So I would be saying, you know, Blake Griffin takes it to the hole for the throw down on the number one on the NBA. And I'm not trying to, like, I'm trying to get out super fast so that we wouldn't blow the edit. And so that's the only reason that it ever happened that way. I was never, like, consciously trying to say top ten fast. <laughs> and then that same producer was watching the comment section. It was like, people are grabbing onto this way you say top ten. And so then we just started going more and more extreme on it. And I don't even know if I say the word 10 anymore. I did, I'm almost like, you know, like I don't even know. Uh, so it's just, it's bizarre, but it's fun. Like the backstory, the stuff that people know that work there is almost even funnier than the idea that I, like some uh, NBA announcers sitting there, go, I'm going to say top 10 faster and faster and faster, and I'm going to do it by design, and I don't care what anybody thinks. It was never that. It was just bad editing <laughs> software. That's all. Oh, that is a lucky accident. Uh, that that that's also very iconic. Yeah, yeah. Top <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy, absolutely crazy. Uh, but you know, uh, it's what's funny now is I get hired. Uh, I work for the NBL, which is the Australian Basketball League. I uh, work for several companies now, and teams hire me and stuff like that. And so. When they hire me to do the top 10, they're not hiring the professional sportscaster, Bo Westies. They're hiring crazy rhyming guy doing top 10. So I have to come up with NBL top 10. Also, but say I have quickly, to say quickly. Yeah, you, you got, yeah. That is the, that's the expectation. Yeah, that's now. the trademark. Yeah, that's what people want. So if I were to just go at number 10, Bryce Cotton drives to the rim and throws it down. Pretty cool. Moving on to number nine, you know, like people will be like, what the heck is this? They want to hear the real deal. Uh, so I have to deliver the goods, which is, it's wild because there's so many of these that I do now. Like I, I, you know, the most visible is the NBA, right? Like it gets hundreds and thousands of millions of views and everything like that. The other stuff maybe gets a few thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, and it's growing. All that stuff's growing and it's doing well. Uh, but I have to sit and deliver the same performance on all of it because that's what the people that are paying me want. Uh, you know, and it's funny because like fans in Australia love it now. And I feel so lucky to have fans in Australia of their fans of the NBL. I don't, I don't want to claim that they're fans of mine, but they're fans of the NBL that seem to enjoy this. And, you know, they play my top tens on TV and in Melbourne now. It's the weirdest thing, but like, you know, for a kid from Georgia who grew up loving the NBA, I, it's all can't complain. It's, it's all can't complain. Yeah. No, man, I'm lucky. I'm really that's lucky. That's amazing. That that's a great that's a great attitude to have because I think a lot of people forget that luck plays a you know massive role in just yeah. Oh, guys, let me explain to you. Luck is huge. It's huge. You have to be. I teach in a school called Sports Business Classroom, and we teach people to get jobs in basketball, and that's what we try to help people do. But as much as I teach people how to do things properly and set themselves to be in a position to get a job, some of that's luck. So if you consider that I was in Atlanta 
and I was graduating from college in the year 1996, and the Atlanta Olympics are in 1996, so all the broadcasters from all around the world are coming, and I went through the Atlanta Olympic broadcast program, so I grow into all those jobs, and everything happens. It was, it, it was, a, it was a happy accident. You know, I'm just very lucky. You know, look, look, if you're a, if you're somebody out there who's wanting to do something in broadcasting, and the Olympics are coming to your city in four years, congratulations. You're in a real good spot. <laughs> real good. Life's going to open up for you in a real Oh, we were born in the wrong country. We were, if you were in Tokyo, we would have a great shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, what's funny is I actually went to the Olympics in Nagano in Japan in 1998. So I was there for Olympics. that. Uh, so it's wild, seeing, it's wild seeing Tokyo's Olympics. And I, I wish them... All the luck. All the luck in the world, man, because it's a yeah, tough situation, absolutely. right? Like, uh, you, you know, I, t- I turn on the stuff and it's no fans there. And I, I understand I'm not obviously not in Tokyo right now. I've been there. But, uh, you know, there's some pushback from the local folks there that they, they're not in love with the idea of this. So, you know, I, j- I just wish for the best outcome for all those folks because I know they put a ton of work into it. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I think both for me, uh, you know, I, I'm always interested in the business and media side of, of basketball because I think that's the part of basketball that I have no, you know, I have no insight into. And we had uh, Hannah, Hannah from, uh, I think she works at uh, Hannah Offlin. I think she works at NBA.com, but I don't know. So you work for the Turner Sports, uh, right? And so that's affiliated yep. with NBA.com. How? And because you said you work for NBA.com. So before. here, I'll, I'll explain okay. it to you. <clears throat> so um, Turner Sports uh, is a basically it's a production company that uh, produces inside the NBA on TNT. Oh. So it's all like it's all one company. So Turner Sports is a company. TNT is a company. TBS is a company, but it's all the same yeah. company. So um, I work for Turner Sports. Got it. Turner Sports produces the content uh, for NBA TV and NBA.com. So that's how I do work for NBA TV and NBA.com. I work for Turner Sports. They produce the content that's on Got NBA it. TV and NBA.com. The NBA is obviously out of New York, uh, but we're based in Atlanta. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. And, then, and, and, th- and you do that because you have a contract. They have a contract with... Turner Sports, which is basically ESPN, right? If I'm not wrong. So, yeah, if you think about it, like what happens is there's rights fees for um, the NBA, right? If you if you want to be the rights holder for the NBA, you pay billions and billions of dollars for the right to broadcast those NBA games. Uh, and in return, what happens is you put those games on your air and you sell commercials and you make a whole lot of money mm. that way. Um, and so Turner Sports... Uh, has the national package with TNT, where you see Ernie Johnson, Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, those guys. They're all, we're all in the same. Building. Oh, really? We're all working side by side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah, Studio side by side. So, um, do, do they do? do, do yeah, they, yeah, Studio Do they call yeah. you the goat mentor too, or they know you as? Only to tease me, only to make fun of me. <laughs> it's not a term of respect around the office. Everybody, you know, if they, if they call me that, they jo- that's a joke for them. They're having fun with me at that point. I mean, that building has a lot of goats. That's uh, crazy. EJ and you and uh, Oh, Charles. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, Ernie Johnson is the best, man. I can't tell you what a wonderful person he is and what a talented broadcaster. Just think about this. He's holding that show together, and that show has Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal on it. That shows a train going off the tracks from the start, and somehow he holds that thing together. So, I I mean, you know, he's the best in the business as far as I'm concerned. He's the best I've ever seen at it. Uh, and it's I'll tell you just behind the scenes, his secret is he works his butt off. He works all the time. He is constantly researching. He's constantly preparing uh, so if anything happens, you know, most of the time it's, hey, Charles, say something funny. But some of the time you got to know the details. Mm. And he, it, when it comes to those moments, he knows everything. So, yeah, Ernie Johnson deserves everything he gets. He's the, he's the best I've ever seen. Wow. Uh, and I, I just I just can't say enough wonderful things about it. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. So, Bo, can you give us a little insight, you know, how you, you talked about how you were, you've been a basketball fan since forever. So... Okay, tell, tell us a little bit about yep. how you started following the NBA. Did, did you play ever? Things like that. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, uh, I was a kid. I, I was living in Southern California as a kid. I was growing up there. And uh, we lived in a town called Mission Viejo, which is south of Los Angeles. 
And um, this is when Magic Johnson came along. So Magic Johnson wins the NBA championship. And I remember after he won the championship, there used to be this old song that is way before you guys' time called Do You Believe in Magic? And they were playing like Magic Johnson clips over Do You Believe in Magic? And so they're playing that song. And I just, it hit me as a kid. Like, I love that. I don't like it. I love that. And so then we moved to North Carolina. And uh, in 1982, the North Carolina Tar Heels win the national championship. James Worthy was their best player. He goes to the Lakers, which was my team at the time. Uh, it joins Magic Johnson. And on that team in 1982 was a guy named Michael Jordan. Uh, so they were pretty good. Uh, and I followed them. <laughs> so it was uh, it was uh, sort of like I, I'm going from place to place, and it's all great basketball uh, and then I moved to Atlanta and I just luck into, I, I, I wanted to be a sportscaster mm-hmm. since I was young. So in high school, I never went to a guidance counselor. I okay. knew what I was going to do. I didn't need their services. I'm going to be. And so I played high school basketball. I wasn't like good enough to be a pro in any way. I'm only six foot two. Only six foot two. Uh, and so like, I, well, yeah, but like yeah. in the NBA, like, that's not talking to talking to I, a little different <laughs> well you guys can be six five for all i know uh so so like uh i i was I, you know we, i played against penny hardaway in in camp and in, in in high school and stuff like that. he was much better than me. uh <laughs> oh so, man like, i was uh, hoping you would say like i just crossed him over <laughs> i just destroyed him. Penny hardaway. uh but like you know so like i played but like it was never i never thought i'm gonna make it to the nba but I did always hold hope of being a broadcaster. And then, you know, I, you know, I, I, I pursuing that goal, pursuing that goal. We win the Olympics. It gets announced to Atlanta and they open up this hope broadcast training school. And so like all the students in Georgia go through this program. And, uh, if you're in the program, you're meeting people in the business. And so like, even while I'm still in college, I'm working at the NBA on TNT. Like, I'm already, like, logging games. I'm already editing games, even as a college kid, and I'm getting paid real money. It was crazy. I thought I was – I mean, I, literally, if you talk to Bo back then in college, like his junior and senior year when I'm getting paid to watch the NBA, I was like, life can't possibly get better. <laughs> that, that's our goal. It could ever, about. ever get better. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing, man. Like, so, like, I was the happiest a human could be. Uh, you know, like every once in a while, I remember, like, because you know, you're surrounded by people that, that are the same sort of feel as you. Like, I love basketball so much, and so like we'd all be like sitting there working at our station, sort of like, can you believe they're paying us to watch basketball? You know, and then so like you're, you're a college kid, and it's the greatest thing in the world. And so then I, I realized I wanted to be on camera and stuff like that, and um, so I started. Uh, I was like a high school host like all the high school football and high school basketball i was the local guy so you'd see me on tv and then um turner sports i was still working there at the same time so i'm doing production at turner sports i'm on air uh it like it was called it's georgia public television and then cbs which is a network in america um and then so at some point turner's like why don't you try out for this position hosting the braves on national television oh wow i was like yeah, yeah, I'll Braves do it. Is the Atlanta Braves. And what it really was was yeah. yeah, the Atlanta Braves. But like it used to be the national package on TBS was the Atlanta Braves all the time. And so it was like a national television job. And they were they were doing run through work and they're like, Bo, if you don't mind just hosting this and we'll pay you as we just do our production check. And I'm like, Man, yeah, I'll do anything. <laughs> right? Like I'll take anything. This is unreal. I'd never, like, I'd always worked with, like, one microphone and a camera pointed at me in the field. And now I'm in a studio and there's cameras and lights and everything like that. And so it was cool. And, yeah, and I did well enough that they they were like, okay, why don't you try out for the actual gig? Uh, and I, I, I landed the gig out of all these people that they brought in. I was one of the best, too. It was me. And I don't know, know if you guys have heard of this person, but she's pretty famous in America. It's a lady named Erin Andrews, uh, who's had a lot of success. And so she's she's really famous now here. Um, but we both got the gig and it was, you know, it just catapulted me on this journey. Uh, and I see the thing is, I was doing baseball. Baseball is not my favorite sport. I was always a basketball guy, but Turner Sports always had basketball. So 
eventually I worked my way, like the long way around getting back to basketball. And when I got my opportunity in basketball and I was like on air, I just said, this is it. This is the dream. And I made it happen. And honestly, now that I'm older, I don't care so much about being on camera. I just want to be able to share my enthusiasm for basketball. That's that's what it is at this point. Uh, you get older, you don't care so much. Like, I've already done the whole, all the lights are on me. People are putting makeup on me. I'm traveling. I've done all that. I don't need it anymore. If they want me to do it, I, I'm glad to go in and do it a couple times. But um, I'm exactly where I want to be, which is a, a lucky Absolutely. thing to say. That, that's really good. I mean, that very few people can say that. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's very that's lucky. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, speaking of you know people who want to be exactly where they are, Giannis, I think, is still in Milwaukee, still celebrating, still uh, sipping champagne. And my, uh, but what did you? I mean, let, let's just talk about the finals only, right? Let's not uh, go into the playoffs first. But did you have fun watching the playoffs? Uh, two small market teams. I don't, I don't know if Phoenix is exactly small market, but uh, two teams who have not been to the. It is it for is. NBA. It is, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, never been in the uh, so yeah, did I have fun watching that? I it was a it was I think it was weirdly, and I'm going to be sort of a contrarian here. I think it's great for the NBA to have small market teams succeed, and I'll tell you why. Look, if we if we had the Lakers and the Knicks in the finals, and there were stars on both teams, sure the ratings would be through the roof. But if you get the Lakers or Golden State, which is another huge market. Uh, or the Brooklyn Spurs? Nets every no, year. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. just joking. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't. <laughs> uh, so if you get that every year, you are a fan of the Charlotte Hornets or the Minnesota Timberwolves or the you know some of the other small market teams. You don't think yeah. you have a chance. Yeah. Now you have a team that drafted a guy later in the first round, fifteen, yeah. uh, who's become one of the faces of the league a dominant player in this league uh, and brought an NBA championship to your city for the first time in 50 years. It never needs to happen again for Giannis. If he never wins another championship, he has done his job 10 times over. So I'm, I'm thrilled for the guy. I really am. And I just, you know, I, I, I think it's good for the NBA to have those small market teams succeed. And, um, you know, the Lakers will be back. The Lakers, will be back. The Lakers will the be, back. be back. The Lakers will be back. Golden State. Let, let me guess. Are you a Lakers uh, fan? I, I promise you this, and I, I mean this in all sincerity. I'm not a fan. No, of it's impossible. Like, this it, is impossible. No, I, I, I'm. I'm telling you the absolute. And here's here's why. I've done this job now for 26, 27 years. So at this point, like, it's just you, you stop cheering for uniforms and you start like taking interest in the story themselves. Uh, you know the, the players. players. Okay. And stuff like that. So, um, you know, like I grew up a Lakers fan. Okay. Now, the, the the opposite example of this is I am a huge college basketball fan of the University of North Carolina. Mm. Uncontrollable. If you follow me on Twitter, I apologize for what I say. I'm a lunatic about that team, but I don't cover them like I cover the NBA. I just watch them for the, my own enjoyment of watching them. Uh, and that's just a different experience altogether. Got it. Okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. W why is this? Uh, so you know, I, I've spent some time in the U.S. and uh, I've noticed that there is this massive. Uh, I I think there there are like two segments. There are a lot of people who are a fan of college basketball, but probably not much of the NBA. I, I and I would I would imagine that it is because of you know maybe your affiliation with the alma mater or something of that sort, uh, or there's a lot of teams the you know universities that have that have teams in the, uh you know that don't have a team in in the NBA, so they root for the team in the uh the college team. It, can you can you give a sense of like. Because you are such a big UNC fan, is and UNC is one of those you know UNC and Duke has this rivalry. But uh, other than that, like, what is your sense of like why there is this clear demarcation between college basketball and NBA? Um, I think there's there's a couple of things. There's style of play that people really enjoy with college basketball. The NBA, particularly now, is a different game than what people grew up with. Um, I I think it's beautiful. Uh, that, that sort of pace and space and three-point shooters and stuff like that. It's just a real premium on skill. So I think there's that. I think the other thing is there's this sort of connection to the players and the coaches that stay there. Like, if you're a fan of North Carolina, 
Roy Williams won his first title in 2005. 15 years later, he's still the face of that program until he retired this year. So there's a connection to that. And those guys sort of stay connected to each other throughout. Uh, and with the NBA and free agency, guys move here, guys move there. So it's hard to really invest. You know, like, look, I, I'm in Oklahoma City last year. I'm a Chris Paul fan. Well, now he's on Phoenix. And then the year before, he was somewhere else and stuff like that. So that's a little more difficult. I think that's changing in college. I think college, you know, with the transfers and stuff like that, it's and that may, you know, impose a cost on fandom in college basketball. But I do think that there is uh, there's some style stuff. There's allegiance to alma mater, like you you mentioned. That's a good point too. There's some regional things, like if I'm a fan of, uh, say, what Alabama basketball. There's no pro team in yeah, Alabama. Uh, so, so there's all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, the NBA is a bigger game as far as popularity in America, but I will say this, the final four rates right there with an NBA yes. finals. Cause Massive. that March madness is insane. And I call those you do? too. I do oh, you do? I do yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So like if, if you're in an arena and you're listening to a Duke, North Carolina game, that's my voice on that wow. stuff. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. I stay busy. All right, okay. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you charge uh, so like, by yeah, per, 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 uh, per test? Syllable. You know, like... Per syllable. Syllable. I was kidding. Do I charge yeah. per syllable? <laughs> <laughs> you uh, should. You definitely <laughs> I need you to be my agent to put that into my deal. I'll, I'll get real polysyllabic <laughs> if that starts happening. I'll, I'll, I will expand and expand the universe of my vocabulary if that comes to pass. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a market for it. I mean, you know, I mean, just considering that, you know, you have all of these contracts, that's pretty phenomenal. I mean, congratulations. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. No, I think, honestly, it's more to do with the way I normally call highlights among professionals. Uh, whatever. I think my this is going to sound I, – I, I want to make this not sound arrogant. Go for it. Just sound. make it sound arrogant. Totally no, 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 no. But what, what, what I'm saying is, like, I think my voice is recognizable just because it's been drilled into people's ears for years and years and years. I, mean, I, I completely disagree. I, I don't think I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's because your voice is so full of uh, what is the word? French word? Vive, vive de jour. Some there's a nice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's, I appreciate it because we I have think, you know, we have got a lot I of like that, I said non-commentators and. It it just doesn't feel the same. And like once you've had butter toast, then you don't want to go back to toast. You'd really want to continue. Otherwise, that's true. Great, <laughs> that's a great expression. Very good butter toast. Can we add some cheese on it? <laughs> I like that expression. Once you've had buttered toast, you want to go. You, you should use that in one of your top tens. But you know, when you go from, <laughs> you know, it's funny. If people like ask me to include stuff like that, and I do, I'll sneak it in. I've snuck it in. I snuck. I was at a dinner not long ago and somebody asked me to sneak something. Okay. You did? Okay. I, th I thought you'd be like embarrassed to have this request. <laughs> when you're going from number two to number one, you said, now you have the toast and now it's the butter toast at number one. Or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I've already got it in my mind how that would work. Oh. <laughs> oh, really? Sadly, that's in my mind. Yeah. I could I probably work that out. There we go. There we go. I shouldn't. So we got to now listen to every top 10 in every country to, to, to hear for the buttered toast reference. So, yeah, yeah, it's like Giannis proven he's the most like buttered toast as he goes up and roasts the, you know, whatever. It's, it's so, like it just it's so easy. Uh, once you start connecting, wait, wait for it. <laughs> you know what it is, guys? You know what those things are? Those mm -hmm. are puzzles. All that stuff is puzzles. Absolutely. That's all it is. It's mental puzzles. It's like a crossword. Yeah. I mean, I don't have it with rhymes, but I, I, I can I, like I can sort of picture what it is. Like you're just like, okay, this piece is there. Now where do I fit it? Like probably that's how it works for you. A hundred percent. You're you're right on the money with that. You really are because like, and so and you don't want to do you don't want to repeat yeah, yourself. Yeah, like yeah. look, there's only so many ways to say dunk, yes. slam, jam, whatever. But like you want to like describe it mm -hmm. differently. And, and in different terms. And so, like, I literally will go about my daily life. And, uh, you know, things. sometimes I'll pick stuff up in my daily life. Uh, like, you know, like I was in Hawaii one time doing these and I saw this really bright rainbow. And I said, somebody's shining brighter than a Hawaiian rainbow on this hammer throw 
uh, as he gets it to go number one on the, you know, it's, it's like that. But like, so like I saw that earlier in the day, I was like, that's a really bright rainbow. Yeah, and then you were comparing yourself to uh, normal toast. I don't understand it. Like, there's, there's a limit to how much humility one should have. So, you know, on, the, on this podcast. <laughs> the, when you were talking about this, I, I just remember there's this uh, YouTube uh, clip of Eminem. I don't know if you've seen it in, from the 60 Minutes where he explains how he rhymes the orange words. With and it is the orange. And, and, and it kind of, like, just the way you describe it, it kind of just reminded me of that. Is the so, yeah, when I listen to him describe it like that, I, I get it. Like, I, look, I'm not Eminem, but, like, I get I get what he's doing. Um, and I, I get I, – I, I, at this point of doing it, I get how it works. I mean, I, I know how you can put that stuff together. I, I do it with uh, numbers, prime numbers. I'm always, like, on the lookout for prime numbers and trying to make sure, you know, oh, this is a special number because this is – yeah, Really? Are you serious? I, I have a problem there. Yeah. Oh, that's I'm cool. Problem. <laughs> so, Bo, what do, what do you feel about, you know, the – there's this uh, separatist, it's not a separatist moment, but sort of a secessionist moment where people are like, we don't want to go to college. We'd rather uh, join the overtime league or we'd rather join the uh, G League directly from high school, uh, build up our skills there, get to college. I mean, what, what are your views about that as a college basketball fan yourself? So I just think entirely the landscape is changing. In a, in a, in a, in a, it's a, an entire revolution. So I'll, I'll start with this. I work for the NBL, right, in Australia. We had LaMelo Ball go to the NBL. We've, we've had other players go to the NBL uh, that have been successful, like right out of high school. So that was an option. Then the G League countered that with G League Elite option. Uh, you talk about overtime. That's an option. So these players, players are getting paid. They're making money. So the NCAA responds, we'd like to keep these players here. So now there's like NIL, uh, the image licensing stuff, name and image licensing. Um, and I think that that response from the NCAA is interesting. Uh, it is completely different from what I grew up with, but I think it's long overdue. Uh, you know, these players generate so much revenue for the schools and for the television networks, and they get they get a scholarship, which is nice, but it you know for four years you get a hundred thousand dollars. Uh, so it's $25,000 a year. There's a lot of people that work really hard to make that sort of money, but they're generating millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Yeah, no, sure. Whoever it is around the world, you know, like I, I understand it's still a lot of money, but if, imagine if you're working and you're, you're generating $13 million with your efforts and you get paid 25 grand. That is a, that rubs you the wrong way a little bit. And so I'm glad that that's becoming a little more equitable for these players. And the, the interesting thing about image and name licensing is that the stars will make the money that way. They really will. Uh, you know, the, the, the background players won't make as much, much like it is with the NBA, but they'll all be at least be able to afford something, right? They'll be able to make some money. They all get scholarships. And, like, look, if you're the 12th player on the North Carolina bench, some local place in Chapel Hill is going to pay you some money to, hey, hey, come get a haircut at Sam's Haircut or whatever the heck it is. Uh, and then you make enough to, you know, pay your car payment or get a, get a haircut, whatever. So I think, I think that helps. I think that's... Did you realize that you have a, a, a commentator's voice uh, early on? Or did you realize that once you started doing this stuff and then people like, man, you got, you got a great broadcasting voice. You should, should use that. I have a follow-up <laughs> question, but... You know what's I, I, funny? Watson. No, 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 no. I, I'll tell you the truth on that. I thought I had a great voice when I was in high school, and I probably didn't. <laughs> uh, you know, like, I, I thought at the time, man, I was born for this role. I really was, uh, and I probably, I probably didn't. Uh, but yeah, I, I probably now at this point have a. It sounds like a commentator's voice, uh, and you know that's lucky. Again, that's you know it's 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 over time you develop it and stuff like that, right? You can. You can hone it, but your your voice is your voice that you're born with. Uh, but um, yeah, when I was a kid, I thought I was I thought I was good, and like you're 15 years old, right? <laughs> yeah. So my my follow up question yeah. was uh, was did you ever use your like voice to impress girls on dates? <laughs> no, not at all. My wife, I can't wait to tell my wife that you asked that question. She is going to laugh hysterically. Um, 
I will tell you this. There is something fun. I'm not going to lie to you. There's something fun about being in your 20s, being on national TV, having a little bit of money. Um, that's, an, that's a good experience, man. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and you're going to leave it at that. And you're going to leave it at that. And you're going to leave it at that. Well, I'll tell you the truth. I used to, I, like, when I, I don't do this anymore just because yeah. I'm older, but I used to drive a pretty flash car. And so, like, my current, my wife, I don't, not my current wife, my only wife, uh, I've got several coming in the, in the, in the assembly line. She's going to kill me. Uh, but, like, uh, my wife, like, when I picked her up for the first time, I had this, like, convertible sports car. She, she did like that. Uh, so that's, that's that how you buy those cars. But, like, yeah. it, you know, it's – yeah, yeah. I don't drive that anymore. But I drive the most basic thing in the world now. Uh, but, like, when you're married, like, yeah. you simplify a little bit. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Well, what, what convertible was it, though? It was and look if they ever came back out with these again, I would go. I would go spend a boatload of money on it. It was a Saab oh, convertible, uh, and I loved Saabs. I love. I love. 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 If that company ever came back and they needed a voice, I would do it for free. I love those cars so much. Uh, you could offer me BMW convertible, Audi convertible, uh, anything Mercedes. I don't want. I don't think I I've ever heard Saab. anyone I say. Really do. I love them that much. Like you know, such words of love for Saab. I don't think I've ever heard. I used to I, I used to use the Saab car in NFS NFL NFS NFS Need for Speed oh, really? too NFS yeah they had the Saab yeah yeah I I used to have like the racing oh. edition of this sports car convertible and it would scare you how fast this thing was like I would be like I'm gonna get myself in trouble if I don't look out uh, but it was it was fun. But it was also like, you know, it just got to be so ridiculously expensive and stuff like that. You get older and you don't, priorities change and stuff like that. So, you know, but I will say this, if they ever come back out with a Zod convertible, my wife's going to have an uncomfortable realization, which is going to go straight What down. happened? Exactly. What happened? We'll look the Saab, if you're listening, then uh, you know what to do. I mean, first of all, you have to get, your, get yourself Saab back is, up. If somebody... I hear there's people that are trying to bring oh, yeah. it back. So if you're if you're listening, I'm your guy. <laughs> You'll do it for free. You don't even have to worry about it. How many people in India? It's 1.3 billion. Billion. 1.4. Yeah. 1.4 billion. Billion. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What's China? I think China's. Somewhere there. Somewhere you guys got to be catching. I think by 2025 we'll we'll surpass them. Yeah. Supposed to. Are you kidding me? I need to get to India then. You guys are taking over. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't say so. Not in NBA, though. Not in NBA. Not in NBA. But, uh... <laughs> I, you know what? I will tell you this. That Mirren Faker story about basketball in India made me want to go there and see it for myself. You're always welcome, Bo. You're culture. always welcome here. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if Basketball India would want me there, but like, I, I would love to just see. I don't know. Like, it's It's something that is... We're so far along in basketball, right? Like in our evolution of basketball. But to see somebody who's just starting with just the passion of basketball and trying to grow it from the roots up, I think it would be neat to see. There's that a lot of basketball, basketball, basketball especially at the grassroots level, where the kids are, you know, still, uh, yeah, like they, they don't care about anything else. They just like oh, we are happy to play, and basketball is a little difficult. Well, to, what did you say? One point yes, four yes. billion people. You're gonna produce some good basketball players. Well, that's, you're soon, gonna have soon, a Luka Doncic soon. from India. You're gonna you're gonna have a Giannis from India. That's all coming because I'm, I'm telling you, you can't have that many people and not do it, especially if the systems are in place. You'll you'll it's just a it's a question of math, right? At some point, you're gonna have people that break through that are that. Kind. Uh, we have a lot of people oh, involved so. in uh, trying to create that system, so that you know this, and then we do our little small part. We don't. Uh, we do our little things, but uh, there, there is, there is like you, you say, talk to some of these kids. All of them want to be Steph Curry. Like all of them are like, oh yes, they follow the NBA. They, uh, I don't know if they know that, but most of the people they because the games happen really early in the morning, like five o'clock, six o'clock. They catch the highlights. So I am pretty sure there's some sort of a fan following for you. I'm pretty sure they just don't know your name and they don't know that it's the same person. They don't know your name or something. Yeah, but if if they hear yeah, you, they'll be like, yeah, yeah. wait a minute. This is the man. <laughs> this is the man. 
there's something good about not having your face known out there. Uh, I, I don't think like if people talk to me and heard my voice, I'm sure they're going to figure it <laughs> out. I mean, that's happened to you, right? I'm sure. But, uh, it, like when somebody has recognized oh, you sure. by your yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah. The last time I bought a cell phone, I was talking to the guy and he's like, <laughs> wait a second. Uh, and he figured but, but, he, and he like brought me back in the back and he said, I was just listening to your top 10 just now. And he showed me his link and he was just listening to it. Well, Bo, let me ask uh, you this question. This was insane. Uh, has it ever happened to you that you're talking to somebody and they don't recognize you and you slowly go into your goat mentor voice and go like, <laughs> and, <just be> like <laughs> and you just so that they recognize who you are. I mean, ha- subconsciously, has it ever happened? No. I don't think so. Like what I would say is like when people do do recognize when people recognize like you can see like it's a look on their face like that. Like wait a, wait a second, something is clicking here. And then like what's really weird is like I've been on NBA TV enough uh, here in America, which is not an international network. Like so, if I go in a, an arena for basketball. A couple of people will recognize who I am that way, like mm-hmm. for my face, uh, ex- except when I grew my hair out during the pandemic. Uh, but uh, yeah, so like that's that's cool and it's fine. I'm terrible with that though. When somebody recognizes me, I'm, so I'm not, like, you don't know what to say. I'm not good at it. Yeah, it's just like uh, I, I'm always very thankful. Like, thank you so much. But I don't know like what to say because it's like face to face. They're recognizing you. And so, like, you want to recognize something in them, right? Uh, so to make it more on equal footing. But there's it's nothing the you can do. Like, oh, I remember you. You're uh, third floor accounting. I remember that. You can't <laughs> no, do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Bo, what's – what's? Uh, I mean, obviously, you just said that you're very happy where you are. But what does Bo – I mean, at, at some point, maybe you were, like, super competitive. You really wanted to prove yourself. Is there something that you have uh, that you think that are – I I need to do this at least once or twice or uh, as a part of my career or experience this part of the broadcasting uh, space. I've got the worst answer for you. No, it's no. no. I've done oh. everything I've ever wanted to do. You have to come to India, though. You have to come to India and commentate on a game. If... I would love to. Like, that's not a career goal. That's more a life yeah. thing. But, like, you know, like – Here's uh, uh, let me let me modify that right. answer a little bit. Um, so I feel like I've done everything I wanted to do, but when the NBL called and I started broadcasting in Australia, I developed a connection with a, an entire nation of basketball fans that I never even considered a possibility. So there may be stuff out there like that that I'm not even thinking of that could be possible. I, I, and I will say this: like if if Champions League soccer called and said, would you start doing our top tens? I would be through the moon on that. I would eat that up. I would tear that up. You would have, I, I don't think the earth would be the same. I would go so crazy. So soccer, so I mean, so soccer I would, is your, is kind of your next. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I get to be a fan mm. of that sport. Right. Uh, and like and with basketball, basketball, I'm a fan of, but it's also like, I'm paying close attention because there's there's work involved. With soccer, I'm a super duper fan, uh, and it's it's you know it's it, God. I would go nuts calling uh, Champions League highlights. They've got they've got wonderfully talented people. They don't need me, but if they called me for some reason, that would be a dream. Those those people are also quite good. I mean, they go they go and they're just like kind of like oh, oh okay, okay. stretch so, it out. There's for, a different uh, uh, because I think uh, the one we get in India, the top 10 doesn't have any sort of uh, background commentary. It's like whatever is going on in the game, that's it. Like there's no special what, what yeah, board does yes. yeah. Oh man, I mean. What is that for like for, for yeah, soccer? Yeah. It's just Nat sounds? Well, you know why that is. That's cheaper. Like somebody has to write me a check. <laughs> 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 you, you could go cheaper, a heck of a lot cheaper without me. But I, I will tell you this. There's an announcer named Ray Hudson. If you're listening to this, go to YouTube and, and, and type in Ray Hudson Messi or Barcelona or Real Madrid or something. It is the most insane commentary, and I love the guy to the end of the yeah. world. I, it, it is, he is such an inspiration for me. I, like, I feel like 
when I watch him, he raises his level, and then I feel forced to raise my level to try to compete with what he's doing. And he's just a genius. He's an absolute genius. There should be like a there should be a goat mentor versus Ray Hudson, like top ten. You know, you do one, then he does one. That would that would be. Oh my God! Go listen to him. I'm have you, telling you, he's. I'm sure. Uh, have you tried connecting with him in some form or the other, or? Oh, we're fo- we follow each other. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he's aware of who I am and what I do, and I'm, you know, I'm a fan of his. I, I don't, I wouldn't dare call him a fan of mine, but like, you know, we know each other. Right. One question, Bo. Uh, I, I don't know, Ashwin, if you have any question, but all right. So I think you you just talked about how you were a fan of basketball, and then it became your job, and you kind of. You know, I, I think the fandom kind of goes down a little bit uh, because it then becomes your job and you have to pay close attention. And I think me and Ashwin, I don't know about Ashwin, but at least for me, I'm a huge fan of basketball and NBA. But since I've been doing the podcast uh, and we've been doing it for four years now and, you know, sometimes it's just become you, you lose uh, the fandom part because now you're like critically like everything is I wouldn't say it's our job because we don't get paid for it. Uh, but you know you need to be more unbiased. Uh, you need to be professional. professional. You need to have a professional aspect to it, and we need to show up every week. And this time for the playoffs, we showed up every day. You know, we did forty-seven straight days of live with our fans, and so it becomes more. Uh, we kind of lose the love for it. Is that this? Do you feel that with basketball right now, which is so? Here, here's how I would say that. I have not lost the love for basketball. I love basketball. I have lost the interest in rooting for particular uniforms. Mm-hmm. I am a fan of wonderful basketball, beautiful basketball. I want to see, like, there's a lot of people on Twitter that do, like, data analytics and break down this and that. That's not me. I am excited. I want to see the beautiful highlight play that takes your breath away and I want to describe that to people. And so I don't care whose team. Yeah, exactly. Just like the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I uh, I mean, oh, you're you a league league. I'm, I'm a I'm a Russell Westbrook guy. Wherever Russell Westbrook goes, I go to. <laughs> oh well see, so that's that's true. I can see that. Uh your mm. your fanship <laughs> is portable. Wherever you're a fan of a player, and I get that. Uh, by the way, they love him in Washington. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just think what it is is I'm a fan. Uh, you know, I'm going to steal from soccer. I'm a fan of the beautiful game, and so I want to see the beautiful plays, and I want to see those things. And the more of that, look, that makes my job easier, right? Like, uh, you know, if 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 at number five, a <laughs> mid-range jump shot. That's I mean, like, what am I going to do with that? Uh, so I want to see, I want to see exciting, take your breath away basketball. That's what I'm there for. We need the, awesome. we, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not done. We can uh, do our, this or that questions. Are you ready for it? So Bo, we, we do this yes. thing with all our yes, guests where we, go. you know, ask, uh, give them like two options and uh, it's just a, you know, one word answer. So we will ask A or B, then you just have to say A or B. Uh, don't have to worry about it. context or anything of that sort. Vinita, are you ready? Let's do this. Yes, this yes. or that with Bo. Uh, LeBron or Michael Jordan, who would you draft first? I'm going to say this slowly so people can hear it. I know I'm cheating the system. Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. Oh, that's close. awesome. Easy pick, easy pick. Oh, I, I'm going to make it a little bit more difficult. Uh, who had a better career, uh, Kobe Bryant or Tim Duncan? I'm pretty sure you've never heard that question. That is tough. I'll say Kobe. I'll say Kobe, but that is, that's a lot closer and can go a different way. I say Kobe, but I only say Kobe, I, you know, performance on the court and numbers wise, I'm really screwed up your short answers. <laughs> no, no, go for it. Everybody does that. <laughs> uh, I'm really screwing up your show. Uh, but I, like, I think Kobe because of his connection with the fans. I think probably on court impact, it's very, very similar, even though they play different okay. positions. All right. Uh, as a Lakers fan, maybe you might be able to give us more. Uh, who was more cru- crucial for Showtime success? Kareem Abdul Jabbar or Magic Johnson? Like if you had to basically, if you had to take one of them oh. off, wow! For for the Lakers yes. only, for the Lakers only, or for no, for uh, uh, Lakers that uh, you know that uh, Showtime, Showtime. 
Okay, Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson was more crucial in the 80s than Kareem was. Uh, it was a weird transition because Kareem basically handed the team over to Magic Johnson. Uh, Kareem won finals MVPs while they were together, but then Magic won them. Magic won MVPs later. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Magic was more crucial for the Lakers' success in the 1980s. What's your, what's your all-time top five NBA players? Yes. Players, players, yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll do it for you. You're going to guess number. Michael Jordan is separate from everybody. everybody. Just put him in a different yeah. galaxy, separate. I almost prefer having a GOAT mm. debate without him, just because it's much more interesting if you take him away, because <laughs> most people are going to pick Michael Jordan, and then you're just like, well, this was <laughs> not me, though. Right? Uh, are you going to pick no, LeBron? No, no, Kareem. Okay, so now this is fascinating for me. So, okay, so I think Kareem and LeBron are having very mm. similar careers. Very similar. I, in fact, call LeBron oh. Perimeter Kareem. <laughs> uh, long careers with a lot of success. They accumulate huge numbers over the course of long, healthy careers. Their impact is undeniable on the game for, you know, mm -hmm. two decades. And, and for LeBron, it's going to be three decades. And for Kareem, really the same thing. So I think, I think... Those two are in my top five for sure. Those would probably be two and three. Then it gets a little bit tricky. Um, I probably put Magic Johnson in there. Uh, so that gets me to four. And then I get really in trouble because I think you're, you're stuck between Wilt and uh, Bill Russell. And I don't know what to pick there. Uh, Bill Russell won all the rings. I think Wilt was probably a better player. Uh, if you force me to pick, I'll go Bill so, Russell. Fine. So that'd be my top five. So it's Bill Russell, Magic, LeBron, Kareem, and then on another planet somewhere else, separate from everybody, not even to be included in the same discussion with any of these people, is Michael Jordan. He's that much no, better. No, that's very clear. Oh, yeah, that's favorite. great. That's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, if it... Who are your favorite players? Is that, you know what? True, he's, he's not, not my favorite player. Who is your favorite player? Not then? at all. James Whoa. Worthy by a million Stop miles. Stop UNC. James uh, Worthy. So uh, whose okay, voice, sure, like if you were ahead. stuck on a desert island, the deserted island, whose voice would you like to, you know, ring in your ears? Marv Albert or Mike Green? Mike Green. Ooh, God, you're really pushing me there. I think Marv Albert has a better voice. Mm. Uh, and I think Mike Green is maybe the best at keeping track of a game and explaining the details of a game that I have ever seen. I think Marv's voice is better. And I'm going to give you a little context with Mike Breen. Mike Breen, when um, when Devin Booker turned the ball over in, what was it, game, game five. It, so as soon as he turns it over, there's like 17 seconds left. Mike Breen, if you listen to the broadcast, Phoenix needs to foul. He says that right away. Chris Paul doesn't even realize it. Chris Paul's like running back on defense. Mike Breen immediately hits that contextual note. And I thought it was genius. Absolutely genius. Uh, and I, so I, I think Marv Albert's voice is better, but I think Mike Breen's about the best I've ever seen at sort of telling the story of the game in that exact moment. It's, it's just blows my mind. So I straddled the, I straddled the heck out of the fence on that one. Yeah. If you were given the key, and you were said, you can have anybody's job in T Turner Sports, you know, from a, from a broadcasting perspective, you know, whose job would you want tomorrow? <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on point. Yeah, I, I've got the job I want. Awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, like I don't want to go into the studio every day like Ernie Johnson and do all that stuff. I, I enjoy the freedom I have. I enjoy my ability to really watch a game and passionately connect with fans on NBA.com. I don't want any. I, I the job that I want in the world is the job that I have. Yeah, I'm, I'm very I'm lucky. lucky that That's awesome. And we are lucky to have you both. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Yeah. This has been. I I really did not realize that we've gone through two Zoom sessions to you know two get through this. Yeah, two. It's uh, almost, uh, two almost never happened. And that's why I said we don't have enough time uh, for the Lakers discussion. But if you if you want to if you have time, we can do it. But I know you have to wake up early tomorrow. So, well, no, I appreciate. I just want to say to all the people who listen, thank you so much, and I appreciate you guys having me on. 
Um, I'm always thrilled to connect with fans around the world. I've been on a show in India before, and I'm, I'm always thrilled to connect with basketball fans in India. It's, it's a growing country and a growing basketball country. So I'm excited to see what's next. All right, Bo. Thank you so much. Uh, this, is, this has been an absolute delight. I mean, Vineet and I are obviously huge fans. And I think I kept my gushing to a minimum. Thank you so much, uh, fans, everyone. Please, uh, you know, like, share, subscribe, follow, do all the jazz. And we'll catch you next time. Till then, say bye-bye, Vineet. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. To stay updated on news, reviews, and interviews about the NBA, follow us at Ball is Bay Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Search for Ball is Bay Podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. And subscribe to our podcast to get the next episode as soon as it is released. Have a wonderful day ahead and see you all soon on the Ball is Bay Podcast the largest NBA podcast in an Indian accent.